Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to go over kind of doing a year-end audit. And it's good to do these things at the end of the year to see how your year went and to see things you can improve on. And of course, to make things better for the next season if you find something's lacking. And I'll go over kind of how to do this and how I do this every season or every year. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. I think the first thing that you need to have when you're doing some kind of audit of the year end is a goal that you had set the previous year and how much closer you are to that goal, or if you reach that goal or not. And so I'm always changing the goals I'm trying to reach every year. And the goals motivate me to get better. Because if you're not moving forward, you're definitely moving backwards. As the saying goes, if you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every time. And so set a goal. And if you never even reach that goal, and it's got to, of course, be kind of realistic. It can't be you know, having $2 million in the bank next year, that's not realistic unless, of course, you gross a $1 million every year. But a realistic goal is something that you should be able to reach. And if you don't reach it, that's okay. The goal is there to motivate you, and you're going to get there eventually. It's just a matter of time. So I try to set realistic goals every year to get to, and sometimes I reach them, sometimes I don't. And I think it's something that needs to be done for you to kind of aim at something in the following year. So if you have 60 accounts, maybe you set a goal to have 85 accounts by next season. If you're just starting out and you have 10 accounts and you want to build up to 50 accounts, that's not unrealistic, but you definitely want to have things in place to make that goal reachable. You know, advertising, maybe your truck has a wrap on it, or you have a at least your phone number on your truck, or you're actively recruiting accounts with your current clients by offering money for referrals, something like that. And having that goal is something that you want to aim at to get to, and you may not reach it again, but having it is better than not having it. I guess that's the bottom line there. I think many goals are set around finances and profit, and that's a good goal, and it's something that you really need to focus on, of course, in any business. But in your pool service business, every year can be a little different. Things can fluctuate, and you can have a good year and a bad year, or a great year and a better year. It just depends on how that year panned out for you. And typically, if you have a good year, the next year is going to be a good year or a great year or even better than the year before. If you had a bad year, you could bounce back from that and have a good year, no problem. The last thing you want to do is have a bad year and then a bad year after that. That could pretty much put you out of business. And what I mean by a bad year is maybe you didn't make more money than the year before. To me, that's kind of a bad year. Or if you lost a lot of money in a year, then you know you have to recoup it somehow in the following year to get back on your feet. 
And since I have rental property, I'll use this as an example for you of a bad year. I had a property that I had to renovate, and it cost over 80000 to renovate it. I also had to move the tenants out of there and evict a tenant that didn't want to leave for the renovations. It was a big mess, and it cost a lot of money that year. So I lost rents, plus the, you know, the all the repairs and all the renovations. I think it was like almost 95000 for a loss that year, which was okay because the taxes looked really ugly. You know, I had a pretty huge loss on there. Uh, on the other side of it, you know, losing that income and having to come up with that money because we're the kind of people that kind of cash flow everything. And so one of those things where you have to kind of figure out where to move money from to kind of do that. So it was a bad year, but we're able to have many good years after it because after the renovation, of course, we can charge a premium for the rent. And we've had a tenant in there now for six years consistently paying the rent. And we've made up all that money plus some. And one of the things that you have to figure out, and this is a really extreme example, but what we did, we took the amount of money that we spent, and then we broke it down to how many years it would take to recover that money, and then going forward, how many years more to really make a profit on that. And it's one of those things where it's a long-term, you know, it wasn't super long-term to see the benefit of that. And there were a few good tax benefits also. Since we had that property for over 10 years, by doing those renovations, it kind of reset the depreciation of that property to give us a new depreciation schedule. So that was a good benefit. So, you know, again, it's an extreme example, but if you had to buy a new truck for your service, you just took a $35,000 hit. Or if you had maybe some kind of a legal problem and you lost some money, that's another hit you can take. And those things, of course, you factor into that year and that makes that year a bad year. But you're going to rebound from that because that new truck is going to make you more reliable and it's going to last you for, you know, 10 to 12, 15 years typically. And so you don't have to invest in a truck again for those following years. And so that one time investment, of course, made it a bad year. But the subsequent years, because your truck's more reliable and you don't have to worry about replacing it for many years to come, that actually makes the rest of the years really good. So a bad year isn't necessarily something to fear or something to dread. It's something that happens. And if you have a bad year because you've lost a lot of customers or you had an employee and then he wasn't doing the job and you lost several customers, that to me is a lot worse than buying a truck or doing a renovation that could really set you back a lot. And that truly is a bad year at that point because you've lost, you know, some income that you're counting on. And, you know, when you lose one account, you've lost $1,500 or $1,800 in income for that next year. And to recoup that, you really have to sit down and focus on building back up your pool route. So bad years can be recovered quickly and turned into a good year. You just have to, of course, have goals and kind of know what you're doing. If you have nothing written down, if you have no profit or loss statement, if you have no idea what you made last year over this year, then you've got a problem. And I think sitting down with a good CPA is the first step. And it's not unusual for pool service companies not to really know how much money they're making. I think a lot of people get into this industry without a business background. And it's a little bit different than you know running a gas station or running a mini mart where you kind of know how much money you're spending on inventory, how much sales you're bringing in. It's a little bit different because of the way it's structured 
where you have monthly service accounts, and then you have other, you know, work that you do, repairs, acid washes, things like that. And of course, most pool companies, the small guys, don't do a profit and loss statement. So they really have no idea how much money is coming in that month. And they kind of commingle their income with their spouse's income. And it gets really muddled. And there's no way to know how much you're actually making at that point. So I suggest if you haven't done this yet, and this is the first year you can do it, do a strict profit and loss statement. And it's really easy to do. It should take you only about 20 or 30 minutes every month, maybe an hour every month to do this. And you can use a simple Excel spreadsheet. You can download things on the internet that you can use and save and add to it. It's really easy to do. So I would say if you haven't done it before, it's easy to do it the previous month's income. That way you kind of have a fresh look of it and then you have all the late payments coming in. And you can do this by being a month behind and that way you have an accurate, you're not predicting things that are coming in that you have an, you have an accurate actual profit and loss for that month. So you're going to take all the money that comes in from your weekly service, all the money from the repairs, and you're going to really keep track of this in detail. And so that top line will be your income that month. And then you're going to have your expenses. Now you're not going to do anything as far as your taxes. So you're not going to do the mileage deduction in there or anything like that. You'll just do a straight line item of your expenses that month. Now if you're paying car insurance and you pay yearly, then you want to break that down into monthly. And you can have that in there already broken down. And so if you pay 2000 a year, you can have that $166 number in there every month. So you know that's your insurance payment. If you have a cell phone, put that in there. It doesn't change usually very often. So you can keep that in there. So a lot of these expenses are actually fixed expenses that you can kind of keep in the profit or loss statement without changing them, which makes it a lot easier to do. So find all of your fixed payments, put them in there. And then the ones, of course, that are going to fluctuate are the is the money you spend on supplies and equipment. And that's a big one. And each month it may be different. And one thing you know, in the summer and winter, you're going to spend more, of course, on the summer than in the winter. So add that in there also. So every month you should know how much money you're making by very easily taking all of those expenses and then subtracting them from the income you have. And that's going to give you an idea of how much net profit, well, gross net profit, because this is before taxes and some other deductions. It'll give you an idea how much money is actually coming into your business. And do this every month consistently for the whole year. So start in 2022 if you haven't started yet and do January all the way through December. And that'll give you some idea of how much money you're actually making. You know, some people just give their CPA a number off the top of their head and then they kind of go from there. But if without a profit and loss statement, again, which is really easy to do because a lot of the expenses are fixed already. And then you just have to add the your monthly income and then those expenses that aren't fixed. And you can do this very easily. It shouldn't take you that long at all. It just will give you a good snapshot of how your business is doing. And then, of course, when you go to file your taxes, it'll be much easier. And you're going to have all the records every month organized in a file. So for January, you have all of your invoices and receipts there. For February, it'll all be there. So if you ever get audited, you'll have all that information. Plus, it'll make it really easy for you to fill out the paperwork for your CPA. One thing that you should also chart, and you can probably do this starting now and do it every week, is how many hours you actually spend on your business. Now, how many hours are you out there working, cleaning pools, doing repairs, doing estimates? How many hours are you actually in the office? And try to get this factored into 
because if you're working 80 hours a week or 60 hours a week and you look at your profit and loss statement and you see your income as being really, really minuscule compared to the amount of hours you're putting in, then you definitely have a problem. And this is one thing I think business owners don't do. They don't actually estimate how many hours they work every week, every month, and they have no idea if they're overworking and making less or underworking and making more would be better. There's this local uh, donut shop. It's actually a donut, Chinese food. They have also fried chicken and they have burgers. So And they're open 24 hours. And whenever I go in there, I don't go in that often, but whenever I go in there, whether it's at you know noon on one day or three or four o'clock on another or in the evening, the owner of that place is there every day I go. I mean, she doesn't miss a day and she's probably there all day. I don't, she doesn't work 24 hours, obviously, but she works there all the time. I've never been there where she hasn't been there. And my thinking is she's probably working 80 hours a week at least or, you know, 60 to 80 hours a week. So she's always there. And it's one of those things where is she really making as much money as she thinks she is? Because if she were to hire an employee to replace her, you know, how much money is she actually making by being there 80 hours a week? So that's a factor too. You're running your business and I know that it looks good if you put a lot of work into it. And so if you are putting 60 hours a week of work into your business and there's not a lot of profit showing, you're going to have to make some adjustments pretty quickly so that either you're working less and creating more business or you're going to have some kind of income related to the amount of time you put in, which means maybe you're not charging enough per pool, which means you're not maybe charging enough for certain repairs. You know, the repair rate is creeping up everywhere for the hourly rate. And of course, the pool service rate is creeping up also. And if you're not going up with the flow, you're actually losing money and you're going to be spending a lot of time and not having a lot of income for the work you're doing. So these are all basic things that you should be doing, writing everything down every month, keeping track of all your invoices and expenses, doing a profit and loss statement, and also checking how many hours you're actually working every week. Kind of hard to do because you're not clocking in and out. But if you wanted to buy a time clock and clock in and out, maybe that's a good way to keep track of it. And that way you know when you start in the morning and when you finish at night. And I make it a rule at a certain point. I'm not on my computer doing a lot of work and maybe answering emails here and there if they're important. And of course, I'm answering the group members when they text me even after hours or post in the group chat. But as far as heavy work, I'm not really doing anything after a certain hour. And that's just to stay on pace and not overdo it. I'm the kind of person that if I'm not managing my hours or managing myself, I can easily work 10 or 12 hours a day without really thinking too much about it. And so I have to kind of self-regulate because my personality is the kind of person that has to always be doing something. And there are times when you can't do that because then you're really not working your business cost effectively. And so see how many hours you're actually putting in, how much money you're making. And I did record a podcast maybe a month ago or so about how to calculate your hourly wage. I think that's important to know how much you're making per hour because right now with the minimum wage at $15 in January and with you know people paying $18 or $20 to, to do just regular simple work, if you're running a business and you have the liability, all the headaches and all the other aspects that go into running your business and you're making less than someone making a minimum wage job, then there's definitely something wrong. You have to kind of up your standard, up the ante 
and really focus on a new goal, which is bringing up your income and working less hours. So setting goals is really important. I think setting, you know, how many pools you're going to get a year is a great goal. Setting financial goals is really great. And also setting goals with how many hours you put into the business is something to do. And I think at the end of the year is a great time to look at all this and to get it down on paper for the next year and start something new. If you haven't been writing down this stuff, definitely write it down in a spreadsheet and keep track of everything in your business. And this is actually a critical part of running your business and something that's very often overlooked by people in the industry. And if you're looking for other podcasts that I recorded, you can go to my website, swimproblearning.com. On the banner, click on that podcast icon. That'll take you to a drop-down menu. And if you're in the industry and you want to enhance your business, definitely check out my coaching program at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.